Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. In our current society with so much at stake financially, globally, and culturally, it's easy to let fear strike. In today's prophecy update from Pastor J.D., he wants you to know that through God's free gift of salvation, you could be at peace. Leave all of your burdens and worries behind by letting Jesus into your heart. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's prophecy update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly prophecy update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's prophecy update as shared on April 9th, 2023. It's interesting to acknowledge that we can't see in advance all of the twists and turns in our predictions of where we're headed. While we know the end point, the path to it is not necessarily clear. I did not see how the predictable banking crisis would be directed in order to consolidate power in the multinational corporations. I believe that the banking crisis will continue and disproportionately, listen very carefully, affect small business and specifically food production. Uh, Do you know what they're doing? Uh, your, Your food supply... Uh, geoengineering, weather manipulation. In fact, my friend that I introduced you to last week who lives in Arizona told me there is unprecedented snowpack on the mountains. That's Arizona. California, it's all pre-planned. They are going to flood California and destroy all of the food supply that comes out of California in that fertile valley, the Tulare Lake Valley. So you got, it's estimated some 100, this is unprecedented, 100 plus feet of snow, and then the weather manipulation, geoengineering, they warm up the temperatures, what happens? That water is coming down, and it's going to flood out and destroy everything in its wake, pre-planned. Now here's the thing, the farmers take out loans for their crops, from these banks that are collapsing. So you destroy the the farms and the farmer, you destroy the banks, all by design. They're in the way. We need to get them out of the way so we can introduce the new way, this biodigital currency that we can control, by the way, and suspend at will. So if your score isn't high, then we can just suspend your account, like a social media account. They can suspend your currency account, so you can't buy or sell. You see where this is going? He continues. This will further consolidate the economy into large multinational corporations in line with the WEF, World Economic Forum, vision of stakeholder capitalism that envisions an economic and political system that is controlled by a 
tiny minority in order to control the majority of the population. We know that ultimately the Antichrist will emerge to take control of this system. Allowing a collapse in the regional banking system in the U.S. and globally will disproportionately impact the funding to farmers, resulting in lower food production and higher prices. When you hear the word hyperinflation, what comes to mind? What should come to mind is Revelation 6, verses 5 and 6. It's a prophecy about the hyperinflation that it will take a whole day's wages just to buy the ingredients to make bread. We're there. He says, this, as I detailed in my original email, will be the leverage used on the global population in order to enforce submission to the mark of the beast. Interestingly, Henry Kissinger, remember him? Isn't he like 185 years old now? Henry Kissinger has been quoted as saying, quote, Who controls the food supply controls the people. Who controls the energy can control whole continents. Who controls money can control the world. Oh, I get it. So that's how it's going to happen. You just control the money and you control the world. So the banking crisis will be managed in a way that will consolidate the economic activity until they're ready to implement the central bank digital currency CBDC system. At that point, in a true Hegelian dialectic, they'll allow the global derivative market, estimated to be two quadrillion in value, to melt down in order to create the crisis that will spur the population to beg for a CBDC solution. Because your money's worthless now. This CBDC system will likely emerge as a national system, very interesting, and then transition to a regional system. Ten global regions. The ten toes the ten horns, Daniel, Revelation, as national governments are destabilized and ultimately a global system as the mark of the beast. I sometimes use this analogy. You and I get on a train in New York City and neither of us know the route, but only I know the destination is San Francisco. We may go north, south, or central, but The closer we get to the destination, the more accurately I can predict the route because I know the destination. I just work backwards from the destination and try to figure out the most logical path to the economic reality that we see recorded in the book of Revelation. That's how he gets there. Makes sense. So we know what. We know that. We don't know how. But now we're beginning to see how. And not only are we beginning to see how, we're beginning to see that it's now. It's exactly what's happened. Here's the bottom line. The tenth and final plague is about to strike. And it's only those with the blood of the Lamb of God's only begotten Son that will be saved. And that's why we do these updates every week. It's also why we end with the gospel. And it's also why we end with the simple explanation of salvation by way of the ABCs of salvation. What's the gospel? The gospel is good news, that Jesus came to die for you. He was crucified for you. 
He was buried and he rose again on the third day and he's coming back again soon and very soon one day. Good news. That is good news in a world filled with bad news. And here on this Resurrection Sunday, what a celebration of the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what are the ABCs? Well, just a simple explanation. Uh, The A, it's not a formula. The A is just for admit or acknowledge that you've sinned, because it's then, like we just talked about, when you see yourself in the mirror of God's law that you realize you're a sinner, now you need the Savior. Romans 3.10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. And Romans 3.23 tells us why. It's because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And Romans 6.23 is very interesting because it sort of packages the bad news first with the good news. Because the badder the bad news is, the gooder the good news will be. I know that's not proper English. Please don't email me. But the bad news is there's a penalty because the wages of sin is death. It's the death penalty. We've all been sentenced to death because all have sinned. That's the bad news. You ready for the good news? I sure am. The good news is the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. He purchased the gift and gives us the gift, not the purchase, the gift that He paid for in full, cost Him everything, and He gives us this gift for the receiving, freely receiving. And what's the gift? (laughs) Eternal life? Where do I sign? No need for sign. Well, it's actually pretty good for not practicing. That's the A. Here's the B. And this is so, so central. Believe. Just like the Israelites, you had to believe by faith and look upon that cross to be saved. I mean, that's faith. Believe. You had to believe it. And there were, can you imagine there were those who were like, nah, that's too simple. And they didn't believe, and they perished. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever, we did cover this verse, right? You all have it memorized, right? Different languages and accents and dialects. and Whosoever would believe would not perish. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. (laughs) Again, the jury's not out. The verdict is in. And the sea lastly, and this is the expression of believing in your heart, you confess with your mouth. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And here's why. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And lastly, Romans 10.13 says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Look upon him, believe in him, call on him, That's it? Yeah. That's really simple. I know. Childlike simple. Aren't you glad it is? Could you imagine if it was complicated? 
As you imagine, just hypothetically for purpose of discussion, if in order to be saved you had to know quantum physics, I'm doomed. I'm going, I'm going to hell, man, for all of eternity, by the way. Wait, I have to know quantum physics to be saved? No. All you got to do is believe in your heart and you'll be saved. Okay. I'm in. <laughs> I'm saved. It's so simple. Today's But God testimony is local, actually. comes from Linda Jimenez, who writes, May I ask you to pass on a message to Pastor J.D. Farag? I want to thank him personally because I just lost my husband to cancer in September 2022. In the last year of his life, Pastor J.D. helped my husband Pete to turn to the Lord as he just watched Kahlo TV every day listening to J.D. Farag. Poor guy. (laughs) God bless Pastor Farag. Sincerely, Linda Jimenez. Praise the Lord. I'll draw your attention to Luke's Gospel, the 22nd chapter, beginning in verse 14. This is the account that we affectionately refer to as the Last Supper, because it is the last time that Jesus is going to be with and eat with the disciples before He goes to the cross. So Luke, by the Holy Spirit, writes, that when the hour had come, he, speaking of Jesus, sat down and the twelve apostles with him. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Just stop right there for a moment, just real quick. Think this through with me. Can you imagine? They're celebrating the Passover with the fulfillment of the Passover, the Passover lamb. You know the one? The one that the Israelites would have to take and sacrifice for their sins so that the angel of death would pass over them. No need. He's right here. He's the fulfillment of the Passover prophecy. He's the Passover lamb that was slain, His blood shed in our stead. Is it no wonder that Jesus would say, as often as you do this, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. It's a remembrance, it's a celebration, a commemoration of the greatest deed for our greatest need, a Savior. And, and this word remember, we're, we're going to read it in a moment. Remember. Why? Because we don't. We don't remember. We forget. We forget to remember. We don't remember. And we forget what we were supposed to remember. No, we forget. We live our lives without the remembrance of what Jesus did for us. In that He died for us. He paid the price in full for us for the forgiveness of all of our sins. This is a word fitly spoken, especially for those who are heavy laden and weary, being crushed by the weight of the guilt of their sin. It's all gone. Removed as far as the east is from the west. Remembered no more. Here's what I want you to remember. I remember it no more. I want you to remember why I remember it no more. 
because of what I did for you. That's what the celebration of the communion is all about, the fulfillment of the Passover in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus the Christ. So Luke writes, then he again, speaking of Jesus, took the cup, gave thanks, and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. And he says a second time, For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. And here it is, do this in remembrance of me. Interesting, the skin, the body of Jesus broken in seven places. You ready? Let's count them. The hands, two. The, really, the wrists. The feet, four. Uh, the back from the whippings, five. The crown of thorns impaled in his head, six. The forehead's very vascular, by the way. And the seventh, to ensure his death, the Roman soldier took that sword and pierced his side, And out came two elements, blood and water, the two elements present at birth. This is the birth of the bride from his side as the second and final Adam. The first Adam, Eve, taken from his side. This is a, I love this illustration. Uh, It's it's very exhortative for husbands. The wife was made from the rib of Adam, from his side, close to his heart not from his head to be over him, and certainly not from his feet to be under them. That's good marriage counseling right there. So too, with the second and final Adam, a bride is birthed from his side, the birth of the church of Jesus Christ, the bride of Jesus Christ. And that was the seventh, the number of completion. He bled from his broken body, broken skin in seven places. And that's why he can say, it is finito. Chalas <laughs> in Arabic. Don't you love the Arabic language? You just spit on everybody and you're speaking Arabic. It's finished. It's finished, period. Completed. Seven. It's done. Nothing you can do to add to it or take from it. It is finished. That's what we're celebrating here today. Oh, Lord. <laughs> How could we ever begin to thank you enough for what you did for us? Lord, thank you for your body that was broken. Lord, thank you for paying the price in full. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins. Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you so much. And I just want to pray, I just have a sense that this is for someone here today, maybe more than one here today or watching online. You have been crushed under the weight of the guilt and the condemnation of sin. And Jesus says, I want you to remember, because it seems like you've forgotten that I've taken care of that. And though your sins be as scarlet, they are white as snow. I've removed them as far as the east is from the west. And I remember them no more. When I see you, precious one, I don't see your sin, our Heavenly Father would say. Instead of seeing your sin, I see my son who paid for that sin. 
Thank you, Lord. Luke goes on to write, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Represented in this cup, a symbol of the blood of the Lamb of God, the Passover Lamb, the Lamb of God that was shed for our sins, because there's no remission of sins without the shedding of blood. And remission is an important word, because in the Old Testament it was kufar in the Hebrew, which is covered. In the New Covenant, the blood of the New Covenant, it's not covered, it's removed. The remission of sin, the removing of sin, the cleansing of sin. That's what this cup represents. I always buy the lie. The litmus test is it always distances you from the Lord, because that's condemnation. Conviction draws you closer to the Lord. Condemnation distances you further from the Lord. And that's what Satan's strategy is. He'll do everything to distance you from the Lord. So now you believe Him, you've been deceived by Him, and you think that God's angry at you. Man, you you blew it, man. I know. You did that keyword again. I know. How many times have you asked for forgiveness? I know. I, I would I'd lay low if I were you, man. I, I, you know, just give God some time to kind of cool down on this one. I mean, you even made a vow to him. I'll never do it again. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. And then there, here you are. Never imagine for a moment that God is in heaven going, are you kidding me right now? You did that again? I know. No. You think God's surprised when we sin? Could you imagine? God just, I can't believe J.D. just sinned again. That's it. That's it. I've had it up to here with him. (laughs) We view our heavenly father through the lens of our fallen earthly father. No. He's already paid for it. He's already accounted for it. He's already removed it. And we need not be crushed under the weight of that guilt and condemnation any longer than it takes us to get to the cross where it was paid for. And by the way, leave it there. Oh, I know what you do because you're a lot like me. You take it to the cross and you take it back. Oh yeah, you carry it with you. No, no, leave it here. I I paid for it. What are you taking it back for? I I, I paid for it. It's it's finished. Leave it here. I got this. And we don't. It's finished. And that's what this cup represents, the blood of the new covenant. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for fulfilling the Passover prophecy, Jesus. Thank you for giving us this to do in remembrance of you, because we do forget and get caught up in the busyness and the cares and the affairs of this life. We need to be reminded, it's a much-needed reminder, that we're saved by the blood that you shed in our stead. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You've been listening to a Prophecy Update with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn about the things that are happening all around us and how that relates to the Bible, 
take some time to pray for this nation and for the world as a whole. How all the details will play out is still unknown, but God treasures the prayers that are offered on behalf of His people and the world around them. Continue to delve deep into God's Word on your own and gain some useful insight about these things in addition to what you hear from Pastor J.D. Are there some things that you heard today that really touched home in your heart that you'd appreciate some prayer over? We'd be honored to pray for you. Let us know what those requests are by going to jdfarag.org and then fill out the form under contact. Once again, that website is jdfarag.org. You can also find us on social media. You'll find links to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. If you're wanting to access these things on the go, we have a mobile app that's available for iPhone and Android users. Just look under the resources tab. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for joining us. We look forward to our next edition where you'll get the opportunity to hear more insightful things about the days that we're living in and how that intersects with what's been predicted in the Bible. Join us again here on In Spirit and Truth.